Welcome to No Go Area, the podcast that takes you to places where we probably shouldn't go. And you never know, it might just get dirty. Well, good evening. And this is actually uh, episode eight. Um, apparently, people generally don't make it beyond 10 podcasts. So uh, we must endeavor to do that. But of course, our podcasts are uh, usually over two hours long. And they are. <laughs> yeah. So um, how are you doing, Phil, mate? I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah, how about you? Pretty good. Um, if you think about it, um, if we'd broken our podcasts down into 10-minute shows like a lot of these people do, <laughs> then uh, we'd be well past eight episodes. Oh, we definitely yeah. would. We definitely that, would. <laughs> that would be pretty shitty. I mean, I, I I like to be listening to a podcast when I'm out walking um, with the day job. Yeah. And bearing in mind, I'll be out there for four hours. Uh, a 10-minute podcast is really fucking annoying. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you could listen to stuff while you were working. Uh, I No, I can't. I'm not allowed to. It's oh, okay. totally against the rules. Um, okay. But... <laughs> But then, for the sake of my mental health, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be listening to that. Yeah, know. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. As long as you I, got your wits about you, I suppose. Well, yeah. I mean, I gosh, it's pretty mind-numbing, really, what I have to do. So, you know, yeah. you can sleepwalk it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to be left alone with my own thoughts. Right. No. No. Over four hours, and nobody speaks to me. And this is, is, you know, occasionally somebody does. But this is one of the reasons why. I've discovered that after a whole day of not speaking to anybody, I can't talk for any length of time without bloody coughing. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what it is. is. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I talk to my postman occasionally. Yeah. Well, so you're one of the few because obviously most people aren't in, right? Yeah. So when you talk to him, that's probably really refreshing for him. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, we have a nice chat. And if I don't answer the door, he just opens the door and chucks the parcels in anyway. <laughs> yeah, that that generally doesn't happen in this neck of the woods. No. Uh, you wouldn't leave your door unlocked. No, exa- no exactly. No. <laughs> okay, so um, for our, our guests uh, listening to the show, yep. I, can't, I have to tell them that although they can't see this because we're not doing YouTube yet, I can't help but notice that you're wearing uniform. I am, yes. So I'm back in my old, well, it's not old, it's brand new um, issued uniform um, that I had delivered uh, today. And nearly every day this week, I've received um, pieces of uniform and equipment um, from Her so, Majesty's Royal Navy. So you're, you're just basically stretching it in here? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making it, sure it all fits. <laughs> It certainly doesn't look itchy as fuck like the uniform I used to wear many years ago. Oh, no, no, no. This is all the good Gucci, as they like to call oh, it, Gucci yeah. equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I think it was last week I put my papers in to leave um, the Royal Naval Reserves. All right. Um, on different grounds that you normally would. So um, during my actual career, um, I was invalided out for medical reasons. Shrapnel. Shrapnel. Yeah. Still got it. Uh, still causes a bit of pain every now and again, um, as yeah. you know. 
Yeah. Um, but I stayed in the reserves because I, you know, thought I'd still like to keep doing that, and I did. Um, and a desk job would be perfectly fine. Be happy with that. Yeah. Um, but after discussions with my family and a few friends and just my sort of well-being, really, once I saw what was sort of happening in the world, I decided to put my papers in to get out of service with the reserves last week. Last week. Yeah. So I sent a nice uh, recorded delivery uh, letter um, and tried, and this is the main word, tried, um, to leave under conscientious objection. Oh, really? I did. Um, right. Now, now which... that's really interesting because, um, you know, it, it's it's not a term I've heard used for years. No, no. I, everyone thinks, you know, World War One and Two, don't they? Really? Yeah. 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 Um, it's not cut and dry, and it is the most laboring and intensive way of exiting the armed forces ever. Right. And it can take years. Right, okay. So <laughs> so no quick release. Oh no. No, definitely not. I mean years ago you, you could have got out of it very quickly by saying, Oh, by the way, um I've I've come out of the closet and yes. uh, you know, you'd have been out straight away. But yeah, oh absolutely would, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. that have meant that you don't get a, a pension? No, yeah, you would be oh. sort of you wouldn't be dishonorably discharged, but you'd be discharged. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right words. What? You're not suited to military life. Right. So... Um, you're either a detriment to the service or you're not of a soldierly or, you know, naval manner about you. You're, right. you're no okay. use, essentially, right. um, which is sad, really. <laughs> I seem to remember, and I and caught, you know, uh, I may be wrong about this, but I was told this, so I don't know if it's true at all. Right. But I was told that Jimi Hendrix got out of the army by saying that he was gay. Oh. So. Hmm. That's yeah. surprising, but possibly true. It's, possibly. it's what, I, what I was told oh, probably 30 years ago, so oh. there may be no truth in it at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, anyway. um, it's happened to a lot of people. Um, one actual sailor who served in the Falklands War and won, I believe it was a Navy Cross or the Navy Medal. Right. Um, after the war, they were found out to have been gay, kicked out and all the medals taken off them. Um, and I think it's only the last couple of years they were given their full pension, back pay and the medals back. Wow. Yeah. But a lot of suffering in the, in, in the meantime. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you leave the services and you've been discharged that way and you try and get a job, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> oh, crikey. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you say that you conscientiously object, um, do you have to give an explanation for what your objection is? Yes. Yeah, it can't be sort of a general overview. I, I'm against war. Right. Okay. Um, it's very in depth, and essentially, it's sort of like a university um, sort of a submission. Really, um, you've got to write about it, get, write about it at length, um, and have interviews as well. And it actually goes above and beyond um, the Royal Navy. Uh, it goes to the Home Office. All oh, right. Wow. Yeah which is absolutely useless anyway. I don't think they've conscious and conscientiously objected to anything ever. Yeah, no. um, but yeah, you've got to have some specific reason 
Uh, it can be a group of reasons, but it can't be sort of a, a generalization of I'm against war or I'm against killing people. Right. Uh, it has to be for specific reasons. Okay. Um, and, uh, can I, you talk about your reasons or not? I can talk about a few. I'd rather not talk about one of them. Um, okay. Okay. But mainly sort of involvement of civilians in war zones. Right, right. But not in the sense of civilians being dragged into um, sort of without any sort of warning. So like, you know, civilians getting into dangerous situations in certain places. Yeah, like it's more about shields. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. not that, um, which I yeah. am totally against anyway, because that's yeah, you know, of course. It's yeah. absolutely horrific. Um, it's more about um, civilians in occupied countries um, being used or employed by um, the invading and occupying forces. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm against. Uh, not against them personally, the people who've did it. Uh, absolutely not. But the way it is handled, um, currently being handled at this moment, and just the background of it, really. Well, wouldn't you call it abandonment? Um, I, I could call it abandonment. I could call it murder. Um, yes, yeah. Attempted murder at the moment. Uh, I think we'll go into that a little bit later on uh, with what's happening in the world. But yeah, um, absolutely no blame is to lie with the people who took up jobs with yeah. sort of coalition mm -hmm. forces or any forces um, that have been occupied. Um, the same way you go back to the war, uh, Second World War, and you know, with you know French people working, you know, hand in hand with Nazi occupiers. Yeah, um, yeah. you don't really have a choice, do you? <laughs> Um, you do, you do have a choice. Um, essentially, yes, yes, and no. I mean, you know, yeah. to so to give an example that's a little bit closer to home. You mm -hmm. know, um, in the Channel Islands, the police had to work for the Nazis. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people don't know that people in the Channel Islands were starving most of the time. You know, and you can't just quit your job. No, you have to keep working. You have to keep Absolutely. earning money to buy food, etc. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very difficult situation to be in, and of course, um, you know, as we saw after, after France was liberated, you know, pretty much anyone who had collaborated with the Germans was severely dealt with. Yes. You know. Yeah. And and so that's kind of what's going on or seems to be going on in Afghanistan. And it seems to me like uh, if they could have got away with it, um, various different Western governments with involvements there would have just abandoned those people. That yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Now, I always think as well that, you know, can you really trust uh, those people? You've invaded that country. Can you really trust them? You know, there's been plenty of cases of uh, um, Americans having trained up local Afghans to be policemen and what have you, and then they've turned the guns on the Americans that trained them. Uh, yes, so, yeah. that's happened to British as well. Um, yes. Not as many times, but, yeah, it has happened. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I do think that it's a really dangerous thing to do. Um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's dangerous for all sides. Yeah. I think that's the the basis um sort of my objection to it it's dangerous for all sides um 
just that, that that was my main reason anyway for the objection so, just as you put your papers in uh, <laughs> oh yeah my name crops up on a computer then yeah, yeah which is sending you new yeah. uniform and uh, yeah. and your next mission so <laughs> yeah so yeah. i'm not physically fit um you know with my injuries um but i can stand i can sit i can do paperwork yeah so that's essentially what i'll be doing sailing a desk uh, sailing a desk in yeah. a sandy country. In a sandy country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, funny enough, um, last time we brought up your service where you had to actually do uh, a couple of tours of Afghanistan. Yes. Um, I was asking the question, is Afghanistan landlocked? And it is, of course. Yes. And which is why you didn't just sail in there. You flew in. <laughs> exactly. So, now, if you wanted to get to the sea, you could go through Turkmenistan or Iran. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I personally you... wouldn't like to, but yes. <laughs> no. and Or you could go the other way. Um, and uh, let me think. Would you? I'm trying to think. I, I haven't got a map in front of me, but you'd be coming out. The somewhere. bottom way. Yeah. Would that be yeah. the Red, Red Sea or something it, like that? Yeah, it would be, yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. So <sighs> Afghanistan puzzles me. You know, we've been there before. The Brits have been there before. It wasn't particularly nope. good. Nope. What the fuck made us think it'd be different this time? Not to put, like, you know, a dim view on it, but we made a carry-on film about it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it couldn't have gone well <laughs> to start with. No, exactly. No. Was that a carry on up the Khyber? Yeah, that's it. It was yeah. filmed in Wales, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which looks just like Afghanistan, of course. Yeah, some some beaches do in the mountains, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, why why the hell did we stay there for twenty years? There's reasons, but there is also no reason at the same time. <sighs> I've got my own thoughts on it, which aren't entirely full of fact, um, mainly opinion. Um, there are facts to the matter, though. Um, but it's, it mainly goes back to the coalition force um, after the 9-11 attack to start with. Um, at the most recent um, excursion out there. Uh, and that's my problem with it as well. Um, one of my objections was the way that it was brought in, um, essentially. But the actual reasons to actually invade and occupy that country have been disputed um, thousands of times by literally everyone. Well, I think we can as assume safely that it wasn't just about bin Laden. Oh, definitely not, no. I mean, if we are to believe that the Americans actually did track him down and kill him and conveniently dispose of his body at sea... Yeah. That was a few years ago, and therefore, well, why are we still there? To bring peace to the world. Ah, bollocks. <laughs> yes. Know, we, I'm sorry, but Britain and America have never brought peace to the world. No. Never. Yeah. We, us and America have always been seen, probably just by the British and the American and the Commonwealth, as sort of the, the police of the world. You know, well, doing right where there is wrong, making sure everyone conforms to, you know, the standards of, you know, the modern world, for instance. 
and everywhere that we've done it is turned to shit. Yep. So uh, I I just think something else is going on there. I mean, you know, we're hearing now that the Chinese are actively moving in on Afghanistan. Oh, is, yeah. Is it their turn to have a world of hurt? Uh, good luck to them if they try. Well, um, they do things differently to us. They do. Yeah. Yes, they do. They're not held to the same, I wouldn't say standards, but, you know, um, sort of conventions. As, well, but what I mean is they're not going in there all guns blazing. They're going no. in there and saying, look, you know, if you let us um, mine your minerals and your metals and whatever, yeah, coal, probably coal or whatever, you know. And lithium. Want. Well, lithium, exactly. Cause, yeah. <laughs> you know, they want to control the battery market, don't they? Right? Yes. So uh, what they do is they say, look, we'll come in and we'll improve your infrastructure by building roads and railways and buildings and, and, and putting plumbing in so you can flush your shit away, right? And then the next thing you know, they've just basically taken over. Right? Absolutely. This is happening in Africa now. Yeah. Uh, ordinary Africans are absolutely terrified of what's going on because they're being absolutely taken over. So uh, here, here we are. You know, it won't be long before every Afghan has got the latest Chinese smartphone. They've got 5G that, uh, roads uh, that, you know, don't have IEDs and potholes. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, they'll be able to flush the turds down the drain. Everything's great, electric. Everyone's happy. But they've been taken over. Yeah. You know, and, and I do think that the Afghans at some stage will say, well, hang on a minute. If we let them build all this shit, right? Once we're happy with what we've got, we'll kick the fuckers out. Yeah. Right? Because they've kicked everybody out eventually. Oh, they have. They have, yeah. You know. Uh, so I think it's the Chinese turn to get a kick in. Um, Possibly, you know. yeah. But sadly, I think it's absolute fucking disgrace that we lost so many people who were sent over there thinking we're doing a good mission here we're doing yeah. good right you know uh and it was it was for nothing because we've come away with nothing it was for nothing in the first place really yeah and this just has put the icing on the cake really um when i went over there the first time um it was for a reason um, to provide stability and peacekeeping uh, and to, you know, help sort of thin out, or I don't think that's the right word, but thin out or help um, different communities move away from rules of different um, sectors of maybe Taliban, maybe not, um, and just to provide stability to local areas, um, which... Oh, you know, it sounds great. You know, it's saying, oh, that's good work. But it's not. It's really yeah. not. Yeah. No. You're hiding in a base. You pop your head out. Then you come back in. That's it. It's a bit like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that old story, Beaujest. No, I'm not. No. No? Okay, well, um, basically, uh, 
I, I did read it oh, so many years ago. I, I should reread it, but it's a story about um, uh, a guy, British guy, I believe, who joins the French Foreign Legion, right. and uh, he, he fights his way to absolute glory and becomes a legend and everything. But they yeah. they are literally based in a fort in a desert, fighting off the locals all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, did we not fucking learn anything from Beaujest? No. no, no, we didn't. You know, no. No. you know, we never integrated with those people, and nope. therefore they were never going to integrate with us. Of course not. No. Yeah. And no. and what what example are you showing them? Listen, if you come to the West, you know, uh, things or if you live like us in the West, things will be better. Well, you live holed up in a fort and you just shoot people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or now and again, you come out and you shoot more people. Exactly. Yeah. Destroy villages. Uh, yeah. It's just not the way to do it. But no, it's not. I mean, you know, the war on terror is what sort of gave sort of go ahead, and it wasn't you know a cut and dry go ahead either to you know go into Afghanistan in the first place. Um, but it was definitely the wrong reason, and not a very sensible reason to start with. There was no sort of proof or grounding of it whatsoever um and like i've heard before and what well, you know most people say an illegal war essentially it's well, not illegal but you know it's got that sort of that sort of buzzword that's connected to it i think when it, when they they talk about illegal wars it's because you haven't declared war yeah you don't right? have to declare war now anyway no, <laughs> no. no you probably never had to no, but, but that's just you know, um, it's a formality, isn't it, to actually declare oh, a war? Yeah. We didn't declare war in the Falklands either. Oh well, that wasn't a war; that was a crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was actually called the Falklands Crisis. They yeah. refused to call it a war. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> luckily, we found some oil around the Falkland Islands. Oh, that's lucky. Yes. Oh, you would have a... guessed that. Happy coincidence. Oh, that's very that's very good to know. Yeah. So, uh, just briefly returning <clears throat> to Afghanistan. Yes. Um, you know, uh, we've got this uh, situation. I believe I don't know if there's any truth in it, but um, the the Americans were desperately trying to blow up all their own equipment. Yes. Uh, through airstrikes, but stuff that they'd left there. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm told now that the Afghans own more American military hardware than any other country in the world. Oh, including Black Hawk helicopters. Yeah, know, all the, yeah. Everything. I've seen some images um, that have sort of come through in reports, and it's absolutely staggering the amount of American equipment, but also British equipment that they've sort of got as well. Not as much. Yeah, but they've got their hands on some. So America likes to leave the stuff there and destroy it to the best of their ability, or um, sell it. Really, um, yeah. probably yeah. not to the country that they're in, um, but to to the nearest one. Really, at you know bulk rates. Um, but there, there, there are, you know, it, there are things that make me think. There's a good. They didn't care. Didn't care that they were leaving it there. I mean. Yeah. Because I mean, why would you hand your enemy all all your 
fantastic equipment when basically they've been using knocked off AK-47s and not much else. Yeah. Why would you take that risk? The Russians could move in, the Chinese could move in, take it, strip it all down, reverse engineer it. Yeah. Why would you take that fucking risk? I really don't know. From experience, uh, not just American equipment, but any military, military grade, I think they call it, um, it's shit anyway. Uh, fair play with helicopters, you know, they, they worth a lot. Um, and there are, you know, decent technologies in there, but nothing new, essentially. Um, you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. None of this stuff is new, right? Oh. Yeah, and you can bet your bottom dollar that... They don't care if you have that shit because they got something new coming right behind it. And, you know, uh, you can be fairly certain that they'll be gearing up to test out their new shit anytime soon. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with these airstrikes that they try and, you know, they've been doing to try and destroy this equipment, that's probably brand new technology that they're just having a go at just to see if it works. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Exactly. You, yeah. You want to see. Look, if that stuff falls into the enemy hands and they start reproducing it, reverse engineering it, you've got to know that you can destroy it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that they've left behind, like the majority of things, it, it's basic. You know, mechanical. You know, engineering stuff. You know, you've got Humvees, um, some armored personnel carriers. Lots of rifles, apparently, um, which anyone can sort of make if they wanted to. Um, I won't tell you how, um, but, you know, they're, they're easy to make and duplicate. Uh, trust <laughs> me, right? Trust me. I already know. I already know. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's stamped and bent metal, um, essentially. Um, and a couple of springs, off you go. Um, but same with the British equipment that's been left over there. I mean, it's not useless, Um not really new like you said yeah. um, but it gives people the opportunity to come up or use new things who have accidentally left it behind so to yeah. say well yeah. look you know uh, this is how I'm going to link this back to the Falklands crisis yeah <laughs> okay so you know um, I remember watching uh, the British you know on a television they'd retaken uh, Port Stanley, yeah, right? and they had an absolute mountain of weapons that they'd taken off the Af- uh, oh, yes. Argentinians. Yeah, right. They were fucking British weapons. <laughs> yes, I like. Uh, hang on a minute. There are you've sold those to the Argentinians, <laughs> and now you're having them back for free. There's quite a good anecdote here. Which, um, my my father served in the in yeah. in that crisis. Um, yeah. And he had a Sterling submachine gun. Yeah, my, um, one of my favourites, that is. Absolutely, yes. And when it. they took um, some Argentinian commandos um, prisoner, yeah. uh, he swapped because uh, this Argentinian had the silenced uh, Mark oh, V he? version, yet yeah, the fancy version. Oh, yeah, and my wow. father quite fancied that. So yeah. they swapped. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I couldn't have been. I couldn't have been the only person who noticed that. I mean, I was no, still. I was. I was a young teenager. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I was literally. I, I desperately wanted to go and join the army, but 
at that time to kill some right. argies, right? That yeah. was my thinking. But I was like 15, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no way it wasn't going to happen. And, yeah. But I was so, – because I'd already been in the cadets for a couple of years. I was yeah. well up on British weaponry. Oh, absolutely. I was sat there watching it on telly going, that's ours, you know, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. We sold it to them and now we're having it back. It all comes yeah. around full circle. It really does. Yeah. The British have been a little bit more careful, apart from that sort of incident with um, equipment and leaving it about. Um, normally, say, for instance, you know, places that we occupied, you know, the empire, we sort of gave them things to help them govern themselves. So we just dumped weapons there. Uh, but a lot of conflicts um, we've destroyed. Um, and one of the main things that the British do is dump things at sea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, however, however, um, like you, you wouldn't leave a battleship behind, would you? you know? Oh, no. 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 It, the, it's just. <laughs> well, the um, ship I was on um, was decommissioned and sold to the Brazilian Navy. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we had our money's worth out of it first. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they wouldn't have had it until it was knackered. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Buyer beware. <laughs> now, now, interestingly, um, you know, the, the drummer in my band, Junior, um, yes. he's Brazilian, as you know. Yeah. And and so um, I'm hoping to get him on the show sometime to talk be good. about be Brazil good. because there are two distinctive halves to Brazil, okay? Right. Where he lives down in the south, uh, where it's, it's actually quite poor, Right, the poor people down there, but they're actually mostly of European origin. And uh, I don't know if you've ever thought to yourself, well, how, how come Junior's not sort of like darker skinned because he's, he's as pale as can be, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and it's because his mother is Italian and his father is German. Oh. Right. <laughs> So, uh, but he said to me, he said, oh, there's an awful lot of Germans in that part of Brazil. Lots and lots of them. Mm. So uh, we, we'll have to uh, get him on the show sometime to talk about possible Nazis in Brazil. Because I'm sure he will have heard a few stories that we haven't. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, that's Afghanistan covered. Uh, so, For the uh, most part, yes. I mean... News reports are coming in, and it's all looking very terrible. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, you could argue that that's a handy distraction. <laughs> yeah. From what's going on now, you know. Yes. And it's it's easy to do, isn't it? You know, all, all these terrible things happening in Afghanistan. Oh, everybody's up in arms. Joe Biden, he's an absolute dickhead. He's you know, <laughs> and all this, uh, you know, he's he's. Uh, no, he won't. Will not take questions. I actually watched him uh, today on the TV, uh, chatting with the Prime Minister of Israel. Oh, and, right. the uh, new one is it? Yeah, and he said, uh, "Right, I'm not going to take any questions because uh, we've got the Prime Minister of Israel here with me, and uh, we've got other things to talk about." Oh, I He's bet. Like, Hang on a minute, you're not taking any questions, <laughs> and people are getting really pissed off about it. You know, so and yeah. that's just another distraction. What about you know what's actually happening to us 
in this country and other countries all going through this so-called pandemic, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I keep hear, hearing people calling it a plandemic or a scam. Oh, yeah. yeah. This type of thing. And uh, it, it is something that's really been getting to me. Right. I'll be okay. quite honest with you. Right. I, I nearly went on a march. That's that's how. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Now, the reason I didn't go on it, there's two reasons I didn't go on a march. Firstly, right. they, they, they're not very work friendly. Uh, no, no. You know, in the sense that you need to have a lot of spare time to be able to do that sort of thing and money to get there. Yeah. Uh, neither of which are part of my life. I have no time or money. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but I, I wanted to be able to talk to people who are kind of of this persuasion, you know. Uh, okay. You see, there's a couple of things that have been really bothering me about this whole thing, right? Because right. I've, I've worked all the way through it. Yes. And I've come into contact with thousands and thousands of people i come into contact with a lot of people every single day i go to 650 households right and there's you know more than one person living in most of those yeah right and every one of those is potentially gonna give me covid right yeah so uh but but i'm an essential worker so technically i'm immune you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, and it's it's amazing how many people uh, have the opinion that it, it it's a terrible thing, and we're all going to die unless we continue to double mask, uh, double jab, get booster shots in the back of the neck down the vets every six months. Uh, you know, and it's just. I just stand there thinking, fuck me, I haven't done any of this, uh, apart from the double jab, which I'm slightly ashamed of. I was coerced into it. Right. Uh, so I thought, I, I need to start listening to some other voices other than the terrified ones. Oh, and okay, the ones... so getting the perspective from yeah. a different side. Yes, and I, I, I don't want to be constantly on a downer listening to and watching and reading the MSM narrative all the time. Well, no, of course not. Of course you not. Know, I like to have a balance in my life. Yes. And if, if I suspect that something is up, right, then that doesn't make me a conspiracy theorist. It makes me somebody who is a little bit more intelligent than somebody who just goes... Oh well, uh, they said it on the news, so it must be true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. I mean, it's all well and good getting sort of, you know, just putting it as basic as possible, getting all your media and all your news from one source. It's good to be sort of spread out and getting bits from everywhere, from different, not different sides, you know, different sources that aren't saying the same thing really. Um, right, just opening so your mind up really and opening you know yourself up to different not stories but you know different ideas so that you get people like uh, i mean when when trump was still president you know yes. he kind of he kind of fucked it up a bit really because he 
he started talking about hydroxychloroquine. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> other people were talking about ivermectin, and uh, where he fucked it up was he suggested that maybe we should be injecting bleach, and and oh. that would. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. Well, I, I that that kind of you know ruined the whole hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin narrative as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, people I lumped it all together and said, "Look, this Trump, this is a guy who's recommending you, you know, you down a bottle of Domestos and you know, uh, and yeah. you'll be fine." Inject yourself with uh, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same guy talks about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, right? So yeah. it'll kill you, right? <laughs> now, you you can't get ivermectin in this country. No, you can't. No. Or hydroxychloroquine, okay? Okay. So um, I'm kind of thinking to myself that I'm going to be the next Walter White. Right? Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm going to start... <laughs> cooking my own ivermectin uh, and selling it on the black market. Uh, right. Uh, we probably find the cops will come and kick my fucking door in a minute. Just I was just going to say that. I think my phone was just lit up. Yeah. Think... <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, I don't know, trigger words. So, so basically, um, I thought, right, okay, I've got to get my uh, – I've, I've got to get a balance of – ideas and concepts and knowledge and it's very difficult because a lot of a lot of these channels get shut down straight away yeah Uh, Yeah. so if you go on uh youtube i mean the classic one is david ike oh yeah yeah david ike couldn't talk about uh the toilet paper industry without getting ridiculed (laughs) and shut down right yeah so I mean, you can find him if you want. He's on Telegram, right? But it, it's difficult. So it, it took me a while to find out that there are platforms like Telegram, right? Uh, you you go on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, Facebook. Uh, if you if you mention anything negative, right, about vaccines or COVID, yeah. warnings come up. You know, uh, you'll be oh, fact yes. and all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, you can be you can be shut down on there. Uh, you can uh, be you can be shut down on Twitter. Although I've got to say that Twitter is a little bit more forgiving because people change the spelling of you know, like vaccine or something, and then oh, I've seen that. Yes, and then yeah. the, the Twitter bots don't yeah. it up. You see, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, as I said earlier on, because I've got four hours a day out delivering, right, and nothing goes through my fucking mind unless I have a podcast. Yeah, I've been trying to absorb a lot of this stuff, and um, okay. And what I have noticed is that there are quite a few podcasts that will they they call themselves something like the Conspiracy, uh, you know, UK show or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, and you think and you, you scroll down the list and you see one about you know COVID nineteen. Oh, all right, I'll have a listen to that. And and they basically ridicule anyone who doesn't agree with the narrative from the get go, right? No, straight in. 
Uh, so, right, okay, well, that's no good to me. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I found uh, this guy called James Dellingpole. Now, I thought that name rings a bell. It's quite an unusual name. Yeah. Uh, now, I started listening to his podcast, actually kind of because I'd run out of anything else that even mentioned the COVID subject. Okay? Right, yeah. Because I... I, I I remembered fairly early on that he he used to write for like uh, the Tory press. Oh right, right. yeah, yeah. All right. It's just not me. It's just not me. I don't want to read that. No, you know? I don't want to. I don't want to read glowing reports about Fat Johnson or anything. You know? No. Yeah. Uh, but I started listening, and he has guests on. Yeah. And I thought, fucking hell, I, I'm actually hearing narratives now that make sense that i understand that i agree with that i suspected all along were true uh you know there, there have been a few nutters on their mind but but you know <laughs> that it, comes with it doesn't it yeah you know he didn't necessarily endorse them in fact he didn't well there um, you go so uh and and then um i thought well i'm, I'm gonna see if i can find him on twitter mm. so i found him on twitter and uh then discovered that he also has a brother uh, called Dick Dellingpole, and uh, and Dick has got this magnificent waxed moustache. Oh yeah! So yeah. Uh, <laughs> clearly going to be quite a character, and oh, definitely. Uh, so I I followed him on Twitter as well, and and then you start finding people like you know Right Said Fred, the band. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm too sexy for my shirt and all that, you know. Yeah. They're on there, and and they're skeptical of the whole COVID narrative. Yeah, right. And and this this actually, this is how uh, the mainstream media is. Uh, I'll give you an example now. Only this week, news came out that the elder of the two Wright's Head Fred brothers, Richard, um, who's sixty-seven, mm. uh, was admitted to hospital, tested positive for COVID, had to have four days on oxygen and was still refusing to have the jab. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Now, his, his brother came on to Twitter to say, this story in the mail is just one massive uh, lie, really. Hmm. It's a deception. Because he said what actually happened is uh, his brother had a fall and cracked his skull. Okay? Hmm. So he went to hospital because he cracked his skull. Or, yeah. You know, Head injury at sixty-seven. That's very yeah, yeah. As, as as fit as he is, right? It needs a bit of observation. Yeah. He said they they gave him oxygen to keep his oxygen levels up. Right. right? While he's there, they tested him for COVID, and surprise, surprise, he had it. Right. Right. Now. It's a non-story because just about every fucker who goes to hospital ends up getting COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the places where you're most likely to get it. I mean, do you remember, it's not so long ago, well, we don't talk about it anymore, but people were going to hospital like to have an ingrowing toenail removed and then picking up uh, a superbug. Oh, remember? yes, yeah. Uh, and and they would, next thing you know, they're having their leg amputated up to their armpit. It's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always been a breeding ground, isn't it? It's it's the best place for something to breed. 
Of course really? it is. Uh, it's just like, like uh, you know, they, they all say that kids are, uh, in, in schools, uh, kids are fed with germ soup. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, uh, no surprise, he ends up in hospital for a cracked skull, which the newspaper didn't fucking mention. No, right? of course not. Just, <laughs> just tried to say, well, there you go, he had COVID, the NHS saved his life by giving him oxygen, and the fucking idiot is still refusing to have the jab. Mm. You know, now this kind of thing really pisses me off. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's that's why I started to to say, no, I'm not having this anymore. And I've, I've I've got to the point where I thought, right, I've worked all the way through this fucking pandemic. I've tried to, you know, be sensitive to people's fears. Yeah. And you know, I've tried to gently say to them, look, you know, come on. Is it really that bad? Are you sure it's COVID? Or not one of these multiple strains of things that come under the COVID banner, like a common cold, right? Or maybe you had flu. You know, what happened to fucking flu? You know? Um, and, and a lot of people have turned around and said, well, if I, if I hadn't tested positive for COVID, I would have thought I've got a bit of a cold. Yeah. Or I've got hay fever. You know? So, anyway... To cut to the chase, I started to hear about this thing called Third Wednesdays. Right. And so I, I kind of, uh, I didn't really know what that was. And no. I suppose through laziness, really, I didn't Google it or anything because you, you know, half the time things on Google are censored and removed anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there are, I've seen other things cropping up like Stand in the Park. Right. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not, no, no. Right, well, it turns out there are many, many groups of people all over Wales, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about Wales, it's all over the UK, actually, but in Wales you'd be astonished how many groups of people come together in a designated park and talk about the current situation and what we're going to do about it. Okay. It's called Stand in the Park. I've never been to one. I didn't no. know anything about it. Um, but, of course, if you, if you go along to one of these things, you may just find that the people there are maybe a bit potty. Maybe. Right. I mean, to, to give you an example, it was I, I looked at one stand in the park group in Wales, and right. uh, they would basically uh, all stand around... Uh, uh, beating on a djembe uh, drum, right. nice. uh, chanting, and drinking right. hot chocolate. And I thought, that just isn't going to fucking help. Sorry. You know, <laughs> that, that's just just a, a group of people who think they're hippies, right, who've, who've moved on from, you know, chamomile tea to hot chocolate because they're a bit elderly. <laughs> uh, and I've got one djembe between them. And I all think that they can get in touch with Mother Earth by going, um, um, you know, just fuck off. That's not going to help. But I found this one group um, being talked about amongst the people I sort of been following on Twitter. Yeah. A third Wednesday group. And it, it's in a place called The Barn in Ledbury. Oh, right? okay. Now, Ledbury's not far from me. It's an hour and... 15 minutes, really? Yeah. Something like that. Ledbury's nice. 
yeah, so I thought, well, okay, I, I really ought to go along to this because I want to meet some people and see what it is they're talking about. And it seemed to me that a lot of these people going to Ladbury were coming from quite quite a distance, you know? Right. Um, even though you you can start your own third Wednesday in in a, a pub that's happy to have you there. Yeah. Right? Wherever you like. Start that wherever you like, you know. But I, I thought, there's people going to this one that are from all over the place. And okay. they've got connections all over the place. So, for example, this fella, Dick Dallingpole, he he was going to the one in Ladbury. Yeah. And occasionally his brother, James, I talked about, podcast host, apparently he goes occasionally. Hmm. Well, well, I I think he lives quite a long way away. I'm not entirely sure where he lives, but be a bit of a track. Yeah. But some of these people actually stay overnight so they can get absolutely bladdered and, you know, happy days. <laughs> uh, so I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And, you know, I'd mentioned it to uh, – I think I mentioned it to you, and but you were working late. Uh, yes, yeah. I mentioned it to, to me mate Sullivan. You know Sullivan, don't you? Oh, I do, yeah. Phil, Phil Sullivan. Yeah. Well <laughs> – Phil had the most unfortunate accident on that day. Right. Uh, he he f- tripped over one of his ball mastiffs. Yeah. Right? And the other one thought it was a game and jumped on him and broke his wrist. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so he, he said because he was he was doped up on all sorts of painkillers, he, he didn't really quite know where he was or what he was doing. No. So so he didn't come along. Um, which which. Uh, uh, was described by by these people at the barn as being, uh, you know, well they said, well it's, it's astonishing what people will do to get out of having to go to something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, let me think. Was anybody else I, I invited along? No, I, I don't think I did on this one. But so I thought, well, my mate in work was saying to me, ah, oh, you won't go. You, you'll get home from work. You'll be too tired. You won't want to do it. I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking do it because, you know, tired or not, something's got to change, right? Right. And, you know, or I need to be informed. I need to know what's going on, uh, not just in my tiny little bubble of people that don't speak to me all day long, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I went along. And it was a, a really pleasant drive, actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's nice going that way. Uh, I, I like Ledbury. <laughs> well, I've only ever sort of bypassed it, you know, and um, it's it's a lovely place. Oh, it is. I used to have a little holiday home there, a little log cabin. Well, I <laughs> I, I typed. Did you? Yeah. Uh, really, a log cabin. Wow, nice. Yeah, very nice. Well, I, I typed into. Um, uh, my uh, Apple Maps to get me there. Yeah, the barn, Ledbury, right? And it is a little pointer comes up on the map, and oh, great! So I follow the instructions and found myself on, I'd say a, a smallish estate. I, I'm going to say modern, but it was probably built in the sixties, right? right? Of quite large houses for an estate, modern estate. Um, and I found myself at this house called the barn, right? So I suddenly thought, oh, oh, this is disappointing. It's just going to be a meeting in somebody's bungalow. 
and we're all going to sit around, uh, you know, with a cup of tea and a couple of pink wafers, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, hardly likely to be sort of uh, organising a march on London, you know, with with, with weaponry. So <laughs> anyway, I thought, well, I'll just turn around because it was in a little cul-de-sac, and maybe I'll knock the door and ask. So I, I turned around. And this woman appeared at the door, and she said. Um, oh, she said, have you brought the dog food? And I said, dog food? Nobody told me I had to bring dog food. She said, well, what are you doing here then? She said, I've ordered dog food. I said, oh, I said, hang on a minute. Cross wires here. I said, I've been trying to find this place, the barn, for a meeting, right? And she said, well, this is the barn. I said, yeah, but are you having a meeting? And she, was, she said, no. I said, right, okay. I said, well, you're not having a meeting and I didn't bring any dog food. No. So she just thought I was a delivery driver. Anyway, um, she then said, oh, she said, yes, hang on a minute. She said, there is a place right in the middle of the town that I think is only just recently opened up as a kind of venue and they've called that the barn. Mm. And there's a big car park there and it's free after 6 p.m so she gave me directions how to get there boom found it straight away and uh, Very nice. i was kind of there's four people there i thought oh fuck here we go <laughs> got you bang on time and there's four people <clears throat> here yeah well i'll have a i'll have a pint and see what happens so i was sat on a you know on a table on my own having a pint and this chap wandered in and seemed to be he was he was opening every door in the place looking for something so I, I said to him i said what are you looking for and he said the toilets and i said oh i can tell you where those are spotted those straight away so yeah <clears throat> when he came back from there i said uh, i said I, I take it you've never been here before then and he said oh i have he said i come here for the third wednesdays oh. he said i just couldn't remember where the toilets were <laughs> So I said, right. I said, well, that's why I'm here the third Wednesday. I said, but I was kind of expecting or hoping to see somebody I might recognize, i.e. Dick Dellingpole with his wax mustache. Yeah. And he said, oh, he should be here later. He said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's coming. He said, anyway, we're all outside. Huh. So I walked outside. I barely might have been in there 10 minutes at most. And there was loads of people outside. Huh. It was quite a nice evening. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Essentially, I stood outside and I, I talked to some very, very well-to-do people and some not-so-well-to-do people, but people who come from all over the place. One guy uh, had driven up from London, uh, but he, he was the support crew for his son who'd walked there from London. It oh, taken him wow. five days. <laughs> Now, whether that was, there must have been some sort of sponsored thing, and he decided that Ledbury for the third Wednesday meet would be a great place to end his sponsored walk. I don't know, I didn't get into that, but. No, no. You know, there was, uh, in fact, the, the guy who was hunting for the toilets was a cameraman. Um, <laughs> you know, so there was all sorts of great stuff being talked about from all sorts of walks of life. Yeah. And you, you, you know, I was expecting a, a few lunatics with mad theories and stuff, but I wasn't getting that. I was just getting people who who were talking, you know, what I'd consider to be proper common sense, educated common sense, 
yeah. backed up with knowledge and proper research. You know, you know when you, you, you see people go, well, I, I've been on YouTube, but I don't be research. Right? No, you're yeah. a fucking moron, right? You haven't, that's not research. No. You know, <laughs> these, these people are actively trying to understand every aspect of like, COVID, for example, uh, you know, and uh, why we're being sort of, I don't know, um, constantly manoeuvred by uh, behavioural scientists. And, you know, it's like being corralled by the police, you know, all sort of funneled into, yeah, you know, to, to doing the, you know, well, what they call being sheep, basically, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, running in the same direction. And I, I was, I thought to myself, right, well, I'm going to talk to these guys and, and they may say to me, or they might look at me as if I'm a bloody lunatic or something, right? But I, you know, I have been actively looking into every aspect of this and, and questioning things and, and saying, well, none of this makes sense. Right, you know? yeah. Okay, so... And and I I'd said to them, um, I've recently stopped wearing a mask, right? Mm. And maybe I and 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 a lot of some people have said to me, you know, uh, that I could be killing them by not wearing a mask. Right. Well, we we know that masks don't work. It's as simple as that, right? If you put your mask on now, you're having a cigarette, aren't you? Right. Yeah. You could blow the smoke straight through that mask. Yeah. And I promise you that a smoke particle is bigger than a virus. Yeah. Right? I promise you that. And a good analogy is it's like putting up a chain link fence to stop a mosquito. Right. Right? Well, a mosquito might bounce off a bit of metal work, but he's going to get through. Yeah. Right? It's unlikely he's going to bounce off the metal work. He's going to go through the hole. Yeah, holes in that chain link fence, and so. uh, But the real reason I stopped wearing a mask is because I've always been exempt because I'm asthmatic, right? Oh yeah, yeah, right. And it's not a problem, but it is a problem for people who assume that uh, you're being a dick, or selfish, or dangerous, or rebel. I'm not being a rebel. Right, I had a chest infection for six months through wearing a mask, mm. constantly breathing in the same, you know, hot, vapoured air with all sorts of, you know, my own bacteria, if you like, swimming in and out. Yeah. You know, and when I stopped wearing a mask, the chest, chest infection did go. Right now, of course, you can go to the doctors and say, "Look, I've got a chest infection. Can I have uh, some antibiotics, please?" And the answer is always no. <laughs> That's very true. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, frankly, the only option for me was to stop wearing a mask. It takes a bit of bravery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you know, like, like, give me an example. Right, I went in a local chippy, which is you know, literally across the street from me. The guy behind the counter is not wearing a mask, never has done. Neither is his mate. No. But I got a Perspex screen up, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if that protects him, that's protecting me too, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, never mind the fact that he could be coughing over me chips, 
<laughs> That's a good point, yeah. We're not worried about oh, Yeah, no. Let's not worry about that. So I'm in there now. I've ordered uh, a small carton chips, which takes bloody forever. Right? It's as if they weren't expecting anybody to come in at tea time. Um, there's a great big bloke behind me. I mean, the sort of size of him, I'd think twice about fighting him, right? Yeah. And I turned around and he... He spotted me without a mask, right? And he shat it. He literally shat himself. Oh. In order to get past me, right? But I, I kind of moved out of the way a bit, right? But to get past me, he turned his back to me and slithered face first against the tiled wall of the chippy, right? <laughs> Just in case I gave him germs. Right. What a f- fucking hell, mate. How would you manage in a war? How the fuck, if you, you know, you're afraid that somebody might cough in your direction. Yeah. And you're wearing, you're wearing a mask, probably double jabbed, right? Yeah. It's absolutely, it, it is, it's pathetic, I think. So I, I mentioned this to the guys at the third Wednesday meeting and they said, well, why did you ever wear a mask? Hmm. You know, if, if you're, if you're exempt, why did you ever wear a mask? I said, because I didn't want to be confronted by other people. Yeah. I didn't, you know, and I said, the problem with the exemption is that, uh, I don't know if you've uh, looked into this yourself, right? No, not much. I've viewed a little bit about it, not much. Okay, well, you can download a PDF from uh, Transport for Wales. Right. Right, so, uh, so you can show your PDF when you're getting on the bus, so you don't have to wear a mask. Okay. Other, otherwise, if you want an exemption uh, through the NHS, you know, it's not a problem. You download the PDF and print it off. It's a sheet of fucking paper. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not, not, it's not, not protected credit. or accredited. No, no. Oh, it's okay. Not, it's not a credit card size thing. Nobody signs it for you. It's not signed off by the doctor. No. Right? Oh, okay. So that's all it is. And... Hmm. I just didn't want any confrontation from anybody or have to keep producing my fucking papers. Uh, right? I can't blame you for that. Yeah. You know, and, and this, this is, this is going to come to really piss me off with vaccine passports. Right. Cause they all come in. They're coming yeah. in. Right. Many, many years ago when in the mid nineties, when I was out in Turkey, right. Um, everywhere you went, somebody would pester you for your papers. And I'd be like, what fucking papers? I've got a passport. And they'd take your passport off you and disappear off with it. Oh, shit. And be like, <laughs> You'd have to go and say, just bring my passport back before I kick off, right? Yeah. And we'll get very, very annoyed if that disappears. Yeah? Oh, yes. But just about everybody pester you for your papers. Mate, I'm trying to buy a fucking panini. You don't need to see my fucking passport. You know? No. And and this is the kind of thing that was happening all the fucking time. I don't want that happening here. No, of course not. But I don't want a confrontation either, because I'm not confrontational, really. Not by nature. You know, no. I'll, I'll be, you can push me into it. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I, I was saying to these guys, that's the reason why, up until now, I've, I've just gone along with it. I said, it's actually cost me, you know, with my health actually by having this chest infection for six months. Right. Yeah. 
It's absurd. You can't carry on like that. Now, yeah. another thing that really bothered me, and, and uh, I mentioned it to, to my personal trainer, or ex-personal trainer, because oh, I, I haven't been training. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> right? But we still talk because he, he's very concerned about the situation, has been for a long time. Um, you know, he, he's actually managed to find himself a supply of ivermectin. Right. Oh, so, not going to mention any names. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I want to protect us. I would warn you against brewing your own. <laughs> I would just to you know, for the record, I I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, for well, anyone, come on, it's it's a chemical, right? I know it's a chemical. I, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mix chlorine every day. Yeah, in for your pool. I nearly right. make chlorine gas every day because I get the order of it wrong as well. Oh but right! Still. <laughs> yeah. yes. I've uh, I've made many gases, but I haven't made chlorine gas. Oh, it's anyway, easy. It's easy. Yeah. So so basically, um, you know, I I mentioned to him, jeez, um, uh, I've forgotten where I was going with that now, Phil. Uh, oh oh yes, yeah right. So this is really interesting. Okay, when I had my second jab. I suddenly, I was quite ill, if you remember. Yeah, I, I, remember. I, I remember. I remember. I had a, a seven-day uh, shitting streak. That's right, yeah. Uh, where I essentially, I could not leave leave the house at all. Yeah. Um, unless it was in between bowel movements, just to the corner shop and back. Yeah. Um, which is literally next door but one. Oh. You know, I mean, and even that was, you know, Sometimes I was just sprinting there to get more toilet roll. Yeah. Uh, it was fairly fucking awful. But I also noticed that I was terribly uh, bunged up in the chest again, right? And, yeah. and I, I, I was getting through my asthma inhaler really quickly. Now, when I say inhaler, it's a reliever, right? Oh, okay, so, yeah. So not the preventative one. The reliever, no, you know. yeah. the after-the-fact uh, one. Yeah, and yeah. and it's one of those things that the, the doctors seem to be really rationing these days. Mm. I'm like, don't fucking ration something with asthma. You know, one attack, you could be dead. Okay? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, but they don't understand because they haven't got it, right? They haven't got that themselves. But anyway, um, the one day I thought, hang on a minute, I really ought to um, check my VO2 max, right? right. Okay, now... I'd gone back to work and, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing exactly the same thing. I'm working at the same pace, right? I'm, you know, doing the same number of steps every, more or less every day. Yeah. Uh, and, but I noticed that my VO2 max, which is an indication of your cardiovascular sort of fitness. Yeah. Was dropping like a stone. Right. Now I'm, I'm 55, but my, VO2 max has always been around about, uh, you know, or indicated that I have a, f- um, a fitness age of about 44. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Which is really, ac- really good for my age, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but all of a sudden it was dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping to the point that my fitness age was actually approaching my real age, right? Oh. But I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what, what that meant was that I just wasn't getting enough oxygen in. No. All right. And so, I, you know, I thought, right, I've got to mention this to my personal trainer because he'd be all over this. Oh, yeah. And he, 
he actually texted me back and said, I can't handle it anymore, bud. He said, I've just, he said, I've just had to turn off everything to do with COVID and the pandemic. He said, because it's seriously affecting my mental health. Yeah. And, and, and that is something that has really been bothering me about this whole thing. Now, Another thing that I brought up with the third Wednesday group is I had a, a visit from my sister who I don't see very often. Saw her last Christmas and she was sort of like triple masked and, uh, you know, standing behind a perspex sheet and oh, yeah. like, outdoors. I'm like, oh, don't be so fucking ridiculous, you know. But um, her son and his partner and his baby boy live downstairs from her. You know, she's got like oh, a... Yeah. She had, a, she had a, a house above a shop and then she decided to close the shop and convert it to a, like a flat for them. Yeah. yeah. So I hadn't seen them since Christmas and I hadn't seen the little one uh, because he'd gone to bed when I went up there. Oh. But they brought him down, right? And he's just coming up to two. And he came in the house and he, he's never been here before. And he's just sort of like walking around in a figure of eight, crying his eyes out, right? So I'm like... Uh, uh, d- does he need something? Like, does uh, you know? It's been a while since my kids were little. Yeah. Uh, so, does he need a nappy changing? Or no, he's 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 fine. Okay. Uh, does he want something to eat? Something to drink? You know, I, I nipped down to the corner shop and got him a nice little sort of juice with a straw and. Oh yeah. Not realizing that he can't really suck very well because I didn't know he had a cleft palate. Hmm. Right. So that was it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, uh, so I couldn't stop him crying. And then uh, my nephew got his mobile phone out and put on Paw Patrol. Oh, It's a cartoon thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, oh, I said, oh, well, let's have a look, see if you've got that on the telly. At least it's a bigger screen, you know. So uh, I found it on uh, Amazon. Yeah. And uh, he, he, kept, he started crying even more. I mean, for a minute he was taken with it and then he, then he started crying again, and and my sister, who who doesn't explain things very well, said the voices are wrong. I said, "What do you mean the voices are wrong? It's in English." She goes, "Yeah, but they're wrong." Hmm. So I'm like, uh, "Okay, uh, I don't know what they're supposed to sound like. How do you fancy elaborating?" Yeah, and she didn't. She just went, "Well, they're wrong." Oh, okay. so I took care. So my nephew then said, uh, have you got Netflix? And I said, well, I've got access to Netflix, but, you know, yeah. so long as somebody else isn't watching it, you know. Yeah. Uh, luckily, they weren't. Put it on. Uh, found Paw Patrol. Put that on. He starts crying again. Oh. And my sister, the voices are wrong. Oh, so I go, oh, for the love of fuck, will you please explain to me what's wrong with the fucking voices they're in English. Is he used to listening to them to in Welsh, German? What? What? What is the fucking problem? And and my nephew said, oh, uh, he said you need to select uh, uh, original audio. I went, what? Right, okay. So went through this menu, selected original audio. The voices are American. Oh, okay. Right. Kid stops crying straight away, sits in me lazy boy, happy as Larry. Right? <laughs> Keeps getting up, going over to the telly and laughing at the characters and sitting down again. And I went, 
Right, now I know what you mean by the voices are wrong. Why didn't yeah. you fucking say? <laughs> Pulling my phone. I'm not used to having screaming kids around the house. Right? No. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I'm not ready for grandkids. I might be, you know, that age. <laughs> I ain't ready. No. So um, my sister then said, look, he's a pandemic baby, right? He doesn't know any other kids. The cartoon characters are his only friends. That's all he knows, right? I thought, fucking hell, what are we doing to our children in this fucking country, right? We are terrifying our children. We are isolating our children from other children. You know, even my youngest son, right, didn't see any of his mates for a year and a bit. Yeah. Right at a time when he should be, you know, trying to sow his wild oats or at least have a girlfriend or something, you know, yeah, or, or go out and have a great time with his with his mates. No, locked in the house, yeah. you know, it's fucking damaging. And as far as I'm concerned, it's us, well, people my age, particularly and older, that are fucking letting that happen, and we shouldn't be. We should we should be the ones that are saying. I've had a decent life, and I don't care if I have to sacrifice it now to save the younger generation. Mm. I'm prepared to fucking do it, and I will. I will do it, you know, yeah. if I have to. Honestly, I really will. And and it was great going along to this meeting, the third Wednesday meeting, and just meeting other people who were from all walks of life. And I've got to say, a lot of them, I think most of them, were previously... Consider, considering themselves to be conservatives who are right. just as fucking confused about the political situation as I am yeah. when yeah. I used to consider myself to be a left winger. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> no. Uh, one of the things, to be fair, uh, uh, Dick Dallingpole said to me, he said, you, you can't think of it like that anymore. He no. said there never really has been a left and a right. He said it's all the same except that there are extremists. So mm. you'll get you'll get the the fascists, yeah. you'll get the communists. He said, but actually, they're the same people, really. You know, the the communists are, are just as bad as the fascists. Oh you yeah, yeah. Still slaughter loads of people, you know. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all this absolutely. type of thing and discriminate. And he said, it, really speaking, it's just minor differences that yeah. separate people. <laughs> And, and and it's another massive dis- distraction and a way of pitting people against each other to to make you take sides, right? Yeah. And and it's right. It is right. And uh, yeah, it probably doesn't matter who you bloody vote for. You're going to get the same thing with just a different tie. You know, just a I different think that's right. tie. Yeah. You know, no, you're only, right about that. The only thing you can do is is just say. We're not having that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, one of the reasons why I've kind of aired towards uh, the left wing, the Labour Party in this country, is because I know that it's representation of the membership that decides policy, right? Yes. So the membership says, no, we we want this for our people, and we want that, and you know we want an NHS, that type of yeah. thing, right? We want better social conditions, a better living wage, etc. That goes to the national executive committee. The committee tells 
the leadership of the Labour Party. Yep. That's what our members want. Crack on, son. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, that way you can change the policy with a huge amount of people. Yeah. Whereas the Conservative Party doesn't work like that. It works on who's donating <laughs> money yeah. to you. All right. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're one of those donors, you can't really change the policy. No. no. All right. But I suppose the whole idea of being conservative is that you you want to keep the status quo. You don't want of to course. be changing all the time. If you f- believe that something is good as it is, why would you want to change it? You know, if yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, and I kind of agree with a lot of that too. You know. Uh, you know, like, like for example, uh, you know, I I have a, a perfectly good vehicle. Uh, I don't think it would be made better by making me pay twenty five thousand pounds to put an electric motor in it. No, no, of course right. not. <laughs> and that's where that brings me on to the the green fucking agenda. The green agenda, right? Green agenda, and I think it's a good time to have a little, uh, a little uh, break there, mate. A bit yep. of break, yeah. And uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, so we're back. And, yeah, uh, we've had a bit of a break there. Now, uh, whilst uh, Phil was uh, testing out all his new military equipment, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, we were just coming on to. Uh, the whole sort of green thing that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Of course, we were. I was down in your house, uh, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember now. I think so. Uh, yeah, it wasn't long ago, was it? And I spotted your friendly windmill up on the hill there. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was going at a hell of a lick. But, of course, um, you know, these things have to be manufactured. You yeah. Know? They're not made out of thin air. No. Uh, so, you know, this, this kind of brings me on to... The whole green movement, you know, these 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 people just do not grasp the concept of, you know, having to have industry right, to be able to make things like renewable energy, you know, and uh, and I don't know if you've seen in the news this week all these extinction rebellion people in London protesting. Yeah, I've seen a few bits and bobs, mainly about sort of what they. have done and how much chaos it's causing really uh, that's well, all i've heard i'll be honest with you it was truly pathetic right right um i mean it's, it's particularly annoying because the mainstream media covered that all fucking day long for two days oh. right and and it's it's a bunch of howling fucking bedwetters right screaming uh, in the most pathetic way when the police are trying to get them to stop blocking roads, right? Yeah. And, it, I mean, you know, the very sort of people that you just do not want to have, you know, to rely on to have your back in a war, for example, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolute fucking bedwetters, a lot of them. But the mainstream media covers that all day long for two days. You know, all the thousands and thousands of people that have marched on London, nothing, right? No. All the no. protests going on in France right now, and nothing. Australia, wasn't it? One in Australia, Australia. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a little bit about that, but on Twitter, yeah. not on uh, the news. There you <laughs> go. And, and that very quickly gets taken down. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the mainstream media will will dedicate hundreds and hundreds of hours to the green movement and people like Extinction Rebellion. And my current favourite to dislike, Greta Thunberg. Right. Right. Okay. Now, I wanted to come on to her because... I keep hearing her fucking voice going, how dare you? How dare you? You know, you've stolen my future. How dare you? Fuck off, Greta, right? That thing started off well. It started well, didn't it? It started well. It didn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, right, I think that the girl is being manipulated, right? Right. But the whole thing just sucks, right? She she might genuinely think that everybody that's come before her is to blame for climate change, as they call it now. It used to be global warming, but that's kind of like gone out of fashion because, you know, it's, uh, what is it, August? You know, I've had to put the heating on, right? I've had to wear a coat at work because it's so fucking cold. Right, so you can't call it global warming anymore. It's climate change. Yeah. Right. My local iceberg melted. By the way, it's gone now, and uh, we're oh, all under. Is it? Yeah, we're all under three foot of water. Mm. Um. So, so there's this girl who is just so fucking irritating, and as somebody pointed out the other day, she looks like uh, one of those women who was uh, sort of killing people in Nazi death camps. You know. Jesus. With the, the, the pigtails and everything, you know. That's not... Uh, I know, but it, it, it... Yeah, no, that resonates with me. That's what she bloody looks like. Okay. But I feel that she is being manipulated by evil bastards, right? Right. Um, I'm sure she honestly believes that what she's doing is very worthwhile and that it's all her own thoughts and that, you know, people really do believe what she's saying and listen to her and all that. No, not really. She just fucking annoys people. Now, right. she didn't annoy me when I first saw her. Um, I thought, yeah, okay, this is interesting, right? Let's see where this is going. But then you start noticing the people around her, the people that are pushing her, the people that are funding her, right? Yeah. And, you know... Like, how does she get about? Yeah. Okay. It's not on a fucking bicycle. No, no, of course not. No. It's just like recently uh, Prince Harry, love him, uh, did some speech, a two-hour speech on climate change, right? And jumped in a private jet and flew home. You know? Okay. I'm sorry, that's just not fucking good enough, right? No. no, some of us have to get about, and we have to do things. You know, I'm—I tell you, I swear to you now, mate, I am not going to start riding a fucking rickshaw, right, with all my post bags in there that currently fill a van, right, and all the parcels. Okay. Question right? for you though. Go on. 
do you still use those trolleys? Right. I, I The first it's, time I used one of those trolleys, um, they the, the bosses insisted I used it and said that if I didn't, I'd be suspended from, from the job. Oh, right? shit. Right. Okay. I spent the next two months on the sick oh. because my round at the time was very sort of hilly with steps everywhere and blocks of flats, right? Ooh, okay. And and it actually pulled my uh, right arm so much, it stretched all the tendons Ooh. and the muscles, right? Oh, and yeah. I still do not have normal use of that shoulder anymore. It's fun. Right. So, no. Yeah. No. Nobody uses them. No. There's one that's been chained up for a couple of years near the railway line by me oh is that a red is that a red one yeah yeah oh that's that's what they call a high capacity trolley oh oh, yes but the idea (laughs) of those is for when you're doing terraced streets or shopping centers on the flat oh yeah flat right no gates no long driveways right yeah totally useless otherwise so you're not going to be attaching one of those to your bike and uh, pedaling uh, about? No. no. <laughs> okay, so, fair enough. But, but as, you, as you know, I mean, you spotted earlier on one of my bikes in, that I've got just I in did, the house. Yeah. Right. I am actually a keen cyclist, right? Yeah. I do not want to be forced to fucking cycle, right? Oh, no, of course not. Because whereas it, you'd think, you know, oh, it works well in places that are flat, yeah. Wales is not fucking flat. Right? I know. <laughs> now, I I was talking to a Dutch guy one day um, who was proudly telling me about his vintage Bianchi Italian road bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, oh, I said, I've been through Holland. It's lovely and flat. I've never stopped in Holland. I've just been through on the yeah. bus from Germany. And I just thought, oh, it'd be great to cycle there. And he said, it's a fucking nightmare. He said, because it's flat, we have very, very strong wind all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, and if you're cycling into that wind and you've got to be somewhere, he said, it's just bloody exhausting. I bet. You know? So, all yeah. right, if you're going the other way. <laughs> yeah. Lovely idea. If you want to go out and have a little bike ride, right, for your fitness, great. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to be forced to do it, okay? It's as simple as that. Of course right? not, no, no. And, you know, of course, uh, you've got to consider the weather as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't live far from work, and it's not out of the question to cycling, and sometimes I do. Okay. But I don't want to be drenched in sweat or soaking wet from the rain, hail, snow, Yeah. You know, before I start work. And then not, again yeah. after. It's just too much. So, lovely idea, get fucked, right? <laughs> yeah. Simple as. Uh, now, um, with Greta Thunberg, right, I think you need to look at her family's past history. Right, okay. Yeah, th- this, this, is, this is the thing, right? She, her great-grandfather is called Svant... Arrhenius, right? Okay. And, you know, he he was born in uh, Sweden in 1859, right? Right. 
but his big thing was climate change. Oh, okay. Uh, he fucking came up with that. Now, oh. what he was essentially talking about was he he felt that global warming was causing acid rain, right? Right. So this is something that we talked about a long time ago uh, in, in this country, acid rain, yeah. remember? Right. Al Gore came to my school. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> and talked about acid rain. Okay, I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> that, that was a desperation tour if he ended up in your school. It's it? mad. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the places, Al Gore, I'd never, no one had heard of Al Gore, of course. Well, I, I had because I'm older than you, but yeah. We, uh, we were like 11. Yeah, it's alcohol, American guy. Who the fuck? Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this this guy, Greta Thunberg's great grandfather, you know, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a fucking idiot, right? No, no. Of but he not. essentially got it wrong. You know, there right. were there were people at the time who were fearful of uh, modern things. Screwing everything up. For example, around about that time, uh, believe it or not, farmers in Sweden believed that locomotives passing by made such a racket and created so much, uh, like, you know, the rumble from the engines and the, the vibrations and the noise. That it? They yeah. believed that that would curdle the milk in a cow's udder and, and make it unusable. Cheese. Right? Yeah, but you can't squirt cheese out of an udder, right? No. So this is what these people were bloody... You know, they were worried about modern changes. Uh, and then this guy comes along and starts going on about climate change and about yeah. acid rain, right? And he got it wrong. He got it wrong. It was just the cycles of the sun causing changes in the atmospheric conditions. Right. right? Okay. Now, to add to that, this guy was a eugenicist. Oh, okay. Right? Now, um, not not to uh, suggest that anybody listening to the podcast is is unaware of what that is, but just in case you are, eugenicists are people who actually believe in culling the population, right? They yeah. want to get rid of the useless eaters, as they call them. Yes, know. yeah. Now, it's it's interesting that you'll find that, you know, they don't call themselves eugenicists anymore, right? It's quite an unpopular thing to call yourself now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Mostly because the great experiment in eugenics was uh, a little bit distasteful, shall we say. Uh, that's putting it mildly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, don't don't forget that you know uh, the likes of the um, Rockefellers, you know, and the Rothschilds, for example, they were all into this. Yeah, and you know they, these guys, these guys were funding Nazi Germany and stuff, you know. Yeah. Prior to the war, and you know they 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 thought it was a great idea. Let's depopulate, you know, and. <laughs> slaughter loads of people but you know when it started turning up on movie screens in cinemas you know the the death camps in auschwitz and everywhere else you know yeah they, 
suddenly realized that that was a little bit distasteful. So what do they do? They rebrand themselves as philanthropists. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and you get the likes of, you know, big Billy Gates, right? Yeah. Philanthropist. Oh, he's a eugenicist. And his fucking family were, <laughs> you know? And he's the same. All this... You know, um, somebody pointed out the other day on a podcast I was listening to that, um, you know, you see him and Melinda Gates in Africa and, you know, they're giving poor little black kids vaccines and whatever to save them, you yeah. know, and it was a bit like, uh, you know, all they needed was was some, you know, like a, a, a load of black servants around them, you know, to, to sort of, Christ. yeah, you know, it was that kind of thing, pith helmet, and he would have been, you know, uh. God, Ugh. yeah, and and just think how fucking hell people need to know that eugenicists have rebranded themselves as philanthropists. Yeah, they, they don't care about you. They want you fucking dead because you're a useless eater, <laughs> right? Now, it's it's a weird thing, isn't it? Right? Because like in this country, we. When the, the pandemic was declared a pandemic, even though I, I'm just not convinced myself, right? Uh, all the useless eaters were rebranded as essential workers, right? Right. Because it makes you feel good, doesn't it? I'm an essential worker. But no, if I die of COVID, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, any, just get anybody. someone straight in to fill your place. Yeah, anybody, <laughs> anybody can do that job. It's not skilled, you don't, you know. And the, the whole thing is ridiculous. I, I, I really felt sorry for people in supermarkets, right? The workers, yeah. as well as the people that had to bloody go there. You know, you're going in, you're masked up, you're squelching fucking sanitizer between your fingers. And God, I hate that sound. And I hate <laughs> the smug look on people's faces when they're doing it, right? But there you go, you're squelching your sanitizer between your fingers. You're going down the aisles. You're, you're picking stuff up that God knows how many other people have picked up, right? Yeah. And put back and go, oh, no, I don't want, uh, you know. And you, you, you quite often go around the shelves and you find something that should be in the chiller that's on a shelf. Oh, with yeah. Things, and ends up back in the chiller, you know. Uh, so, and then, and then you get to the till. And, you know, you're, you're double masked. The woman behind a till is behind a perspex screen. She's double masked. She's got rubber gloves on up to her armpits, right? You send the stuff down. She handles everything with her gloves on that God knows how long she's been wearing them for, right? And then you handle it all and put it in your bags. And, you know, the number of people that have handled that, right? You're going to get COVID. You're going to fucking get it. Yeah, you know. yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, just the system that was put in place was just I was ridiculous, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was ridiculous. But I mean, the, the 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 real point I'm making here is that we are being horribly distracted from truth, right? Right. Um, you know, right now, uh, well, up until this week, terrorism had gone away. Um, yeah. You know. There, there, there was a couple of days when the Taliban were held at the walls of Kabul because uh, they were all being pinged by the NHS track and trace app, right? Christ. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? How many of them have actually had to self-isolate? Well, I'll tell you, none of them, you know? No. Uh, you know, but we're all doing this. It's just absolutely fucking absurd. Uh, you know, as I said, we're being distracted by that now and, you know, uh, just distracted again, but, you know, with all this COVID nonsense. And the green thing, the you know, Extinction Rebellion, Greta Thunberg, she's flying from London to Scotland to lecture us about what a bunch of cunts we are and, and how we've ruined her future. You know, how dare you? You know? That was just, good. That was good. Yeah. That you know, I, it's just... Yeah. I understand... I understand the movement. I understand what people like Extinction Rebellion are trying to do. I do understand it. I, and that, that's fair enough. But it's not... And I mean, you know, with their protests and demonstrations, they're trying to cause the most amount of impact and, you know, not terror, <laughs> but disruption um, to every everyday people. Do you know what? Um, I think on Monday, yeah, there's a march going to Greenham Common. Oh, okay. From the place it started, right? Hmm. And you know those people were there for 20 years? Yeah. Right. So even after that American airbase had stopped stocking nuclear warheads there. Yeah. They were there for another 10 fucking years, right? <laughs> now, that march that's celebrating 40 years, I think it is, since the start of the Greenham Common movement... Yeah. ...is marching from, I believe, Cardiff, where it started. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so... Uh, yes, it did have an effect. Yeah. It did change things in that they moved the nuclear missiles from there to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Right? But it didn't really change anything. No, they didn't. To be fair, they didn't move the nuclear warheads far. No. no. <laughs> so. I, as... You know, individuals of the world, you know, me and you, you know, yeah. everyone, you know, people listening. I can't see how we could be held to the same standard as large companies and countries and what they've done to the planet, you know, in comparison to me, you know, not recycling, for instance, or, you know, driving a diesel or having dogs, for instance, you know, because that's, uh, Apparently, um, you know, a big sort of I'm ruining the world by having, you know, people having two dogs and things. I can't see how disrupting everyday people is going to, you know, move these big corporations and companies and governments, um, you know, into line to, you know, change things in that way. I just don't understand it. Really. Yeah. Look, I mean, it is making know. the news, obviously. Yeah, but, but that, again, is just a distraction from something else. You know, right. uh, if they can get you obsessed with that, then yeah. you're not noticing something else. I mean, come yeah. on, let's be realistic, right? I mean, we're going to just loop back to Afghanistan here. 
there are place. a lot of minerals, as we've discussed, in Afghanistan. Who needs those? The Chinese. Because yeah. the Chinese want to corner the market on making batteries and, incidentally, uh, all the lightweight but powerful electric motors are using rare earth magnets. Yeah, yeah. We don't have any of those. No. The Chinese have got those, okay? Yeah. Uh, I, as you know, I use magnets in uh, making guitar parts, right? You do, uh, yeah. The pickups, okay? I almost exclusively have to get the rare earth ones from China. Okay. Uh, yeah. right? In fact, if I want any kind of magnet made to the original specifications of the vintage guitar pickups that I make, I have to send off the very specific formulations for those magnets to China, to the China. only place that will make them. Oh. Right? Now, this is what's so fucking wrong about it. You cannot force countries who do not have those resources into using electric vehicles, right? No. Because we can't make our own. No, you know? we'd have to import. Yeah. Or at least import, you know, components, for instance. And what does it bloody cost <laughs> yeah. to ship that from China? Well, the cost, right? you know, monetary-wise and, you know, climate-wise as well, you right. know. If you've got a ship, you know, uh, a container ship full of, um, you know, ma magnets for, you know, batteries and things coming from China and the weightage and the tonnage of that, you know, it, uh, it's not well, beneficial, is it? <laughs> and they're not sailing the ship here, right? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no, exactly, right. no. This is where... It's burning oil. This is where these fucking bedwetters need to be a little bit realistic, right? And And... I'm I'm sure that if you went to a meeting with them, they'd have a prepared argument in the same way that if you get a Jehovah's Witness knock the door, right, and you engage in any kind of conversation with them where you say, look, you know, um, I, I don't believe in so-and-so, so-and-so, or how do you explain the dinosaurs? They've got an answer, right? Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and they do. I know they do. They They have meetings where they've, coached on prepared answers right yeah, okay. now these climate change people are the same right they've got prepared answers for everything well okay but these are the same people that used to deliberately vandalize my 50 year old land rover right oh. right except that that vehicle in 50 years how many other cars would have been manufactured right yeah now that That's was still good. on the road that wasn't the problem. No. Right? No. All right. So, so this is the thing. We cannot do this green thing in this country if we're going to go all electric, right? No. Because we just don't have the resources. And you cannot allow yourselves to be blackmailed by one country. Now, a classic example, remember that Chinese tanker that um, blocked the Suez Canal? Oh, the Evergreen. Right, the Evergreen. <laughs> oh, right. God, yeah. <laughs> All right. So 
the whole fucking world ground to a halt. Yeah. Now, you remember that bass guitar I ordered, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when was that? That was like. That was ages ago, wasn't it? May, was it? Yeah. April, May. Yeah. yeah. Right. A uh, bit of a problem. I'm not going to get that till at least October. October? Yeah, October. So the reason being given uh, is that uh, every time a, a container turns up from China, it's not in there. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, being held to ransom by the Chinese, basically, we'll do it when we fucking want to do it, you know? In a way. It is. <laughs> it is. Now, um, okay, so you can't be held to ransom like that. This this whole green agenda, they're going to have to have a rethink. I'm not saying we can't do this. No. But, no, of course not. But here's the thing, right? I want the Extinction Rebellion people, headed by Greta Thunberg, standing on the White Cliffs of Dover, right, saying, you can't rescue those boat people with that fucking diesel-engined RNLI thing, right? Right. You, you have to paddle out there and rescue them. Now... This is that's the thing. This work. is something that's been really working Europe, isn't it? The RNLI. Uh, yeah. One getting, thing, just right. to finish up on the electric vehicles, I'd love, I'd love an electric car. Right. I really would. I'd love a Tesla. I think they're really cool. I don't right. like Elon Musk much, but my village actually has an electrical vehicle charge point. Yeah, just one. Yeah. So you're all going to queue up for that. I mean, I could have one. At, you know, attached to the house, but that costs tens of thousands. Yeah. With my job, traveling here and there and everywhere across the country, performing. Yeah. You'd never get there. No. I'd still be charging. Yeah. <laughs> I really would. Well, you know, uh, I have a particular favorite electric car right now, and it's not a Tesla. Okay. Right? And I'd what have one it? in a heartbeat if it wasn't, A, way too small for my needs, yeah. B, too fucking expensive. Yes. And see, horribly impractical for getting around the country. Right. And it's the Honda E. Oh, they look cool. They are. They look, lovely. They look cool. They are lovely. That is that's a future classic, and it's a winner for me. Except for the fact it's electric and costs so much fucking money. <sighs> right. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, the price on electric cars is ridiculous. No normal person can afford them. No. At all. Or the upkeep, or the replacement of batteries, or other parts. Or all the time. All the time all it the takes. time. Yeah. You know, I'm not being funny, but if you could pull into a service station, <clears throat> a little bit like um, a drive through yeah. and your battery comes out as a cartridge, and they plug another cartridge in, and off you go. Oh, that'd be lovely. Everyone's a winner. But uh, yeah. they... You can't now, do that. <laughs> if, I, if I can think of that... Why haven't they done that? Because I won't be the only person who saw that. Well, now you've mentioned it on the podcast, someone's going to be listening. And uh, Tesla will be uh, coming out with that next week, probably. <laughs> but it, it would it, somebody would have to say, right, I'm going to manufacture exclusively battery cartridges, right? Yeah. 
and build the infrastructure, the drive-throughs, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And there are plenty of people out there who could and would do that if yeah. there wasn't something else going on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. No, you you make a good point. You make a good point. Yeah, definitely. But it's just, it's not going to happen. It's really no. not going to happen. Sadly. I, Sadly. I'd love an electric guitar. I, uh, electric car. I think yeah. it'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get on to uh, your massive bugbear now. The RNLI. Oh, the RNLI. In uh, the channel. In in the channel, yeah. Are they supposed to be there? Uh, aren't they? Who knows? They are supposed to be there. But uh, so RNLI is a voluntary or may, mostly uh, voluntary service of the UK, um, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution. Yeah. Um, and they rescue people at sea or close to the shore with their boats and ships and provide an essential or emergency service. And what's been happening is, to put it sort of in layman's terms, they've been rescuing or bringing migrants um, from sea uh, in the channel um, to shore uh, of England. Um, and a lot of people aren't happy about it, essentially. That's what it comes down to, which is sad. But, <laughs> but you know, um, look... You know, what sort of people would we be if we stood by and watched people in the busiest shipping lane going, being mown down by shipping, drowned, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know we, we in Britain, we, we don't have the greatest reputation for caring for <laughs> our fellow man. No, we but, don't. But you have to be seen to be doing something, don't you? You know? oh, of course, of course, yeah. No, I mean, the problem is that we have been whipped up into this sort of uh, attitude that, you know, and, and I've, I've, listen, I've got plenty of mates who are saying this all the time. It brings out an inner racism in people. Uh, they yeah. say things like, all these fucking people, they're all fighting age. They're all men. None of them are women. You know, bloody bloody bloody. <laughs> What's the fucking RNLI doing rescuing these people? We should be fucking taking them straight back to France. French, bunch of cunts. You know, and, and you think, whoa, yeah. fucking calm down a minute. You know. That's all now, I see about the situation. Yeah. Now, the, the RNLI, I believe, are being kind of forced into doing this by the government. Right? Right. Uh, so they've got no option. Uh, you know, if they don't do it, they look, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, right? And it, it's it's terrible because what people are doing now is saying, well, I ain't fucking donating to them anymore. You know, they're bringing in all these fucking terrorists. Oh, Christ. Right? How do you get around that problem? I, they, they haven't got a choice. But they are in LA. They're a rescue service. Mm. They are a rescue service. It's there are maritime laws that come into play, but they don't directly affect um, the RNLA um, either. But mm. a human being is a human being, right? Absolutely. And you know, yeah. look, 
we all know the rules, right? If if you've arrived in Europe and you are claiming asylum, you claim asylum in the first country you get to. Right. You do not travel through the continent of Europe and then take a dinghy over to Britain. That is against the rules. All of Europe knows it. France knows it. Yes. But we do have an agreement that we will take in a certain number of refugees. That's right? correct. But what what we don't have is an agreement that they can come over in a fucking dinghy. No, right? well, no, of course not. Of course not. I mean, now, I can't blame them. I really can't blame people for trying. I really can't. I, I can understand, you know, the, the downsides of it, but I can understand the benefits of coming to Britain. To a certain extent, but it, I wouldn't even say that really. I can't say that I wouldn't want to come to this country because I probably would, rather than of, many other of, European countries. There is a problem. I mean, you know, uh, Pretty Patel is incompetent. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> she is also for somebody of Pakistani heritage, unbelievably racist. Uh, and I, I find it astonishing, but she—the biggest problem is her incompetence. If you've got people coming over in dinghies, right? You take a register of their names, you put them in some kind of secure accommodation where you can assess their claim for asylum before deciding what to do with them, right? What that you don't sense. do is say, uh, "Yeah, well, it was." 20 year this morning, now there's only five. Oh, can't tell you where the other 15 have gone. People are disappearing off into the countryside. Yeah. Right? Now that fuels this feeling that they're all fucking terrorists. They're all fight men of fighting age. Look at that guy there. He's supposed to be a child. He's at least fucking 30, you know. Oh, God, and this is what yeah. people say. Yeah, they do. And, and they're they whipped up by, again, by seeing it on various forms of media that want you to be riled up. You yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the old divide and conquer, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I know that, look, if I was a detective, mate, right, which I'm not, uh, right. I'd be thinking, and I'm, I'd be, I'm in France, right, or I'd be saying to the French, listen, guys, I'm not being funny, but some fucker, is doing a roaring trade in dinghies and outboard motors, right? And life vests. Maybe have a look at that first. And if you can nip that in the bud, then there won't be so many people coming across the channel. Yeah. Right. It's not complicated. There is actually um, a holding area for all the dinghies that have come over here. And I've seen it, and there are thousands of dinghies without board motors on. Yeah, stored. It's in an outside storage, like an almost like an airfield. Oh, right? Okay. There are thousands of them. Right now, okay, you might think to yourself, well, okay, so for every, you know, I don't know, thirty people that come over, you get a free dinghy and an outboard. Great, you know, bonus. Everyone's a winner. But actually, the rules are you have to store those dinghies for two years, and if nobody claims them, 
you have to send them back to France. Oh. Right? And the French right. aren't French aren't going, all right, well we'll uh, we'll destroy those and you know. No. It's just a two year cycle of dinghies going back and forth, you know. I mean there are thousands of them. And it's absurd. It's fucking absurd. You know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean anyone has the right to try and claim asylum. I've got no problems with that at all. Everyone, you know, should give, be given an opportunity. Look at what's happening in, well, what was happening in Afghanistan with people claiming asylum and then coming over here via plane, for instance. Um, yeah, right. I mean, if that's the only option they've got or they've managed to get to Europe and they want to come to Britain that way and claim asylum. I mean, it's dangerous, of course, but I... But, really? but hang on a minute, right? I, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Yeah. If you have an agreement that you will uh, accept asylum seekers, you have to accept anyone claiming asylum until you've assessed whether it's a genuine claim or not. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, yeah. these people are paying thousands of euros to people traffickers right now they get over here they claim asylum we process it and decide what happens with them yeah sorry it just should be a train service through the euro tunnel right this way asylum seekers pays your money it's not thousands of euros right you come over you arrive same thing happens. You go to the processing centre and, and the home just, office decides. And, yeah. and nobody's fucking drowned, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, that, if that could happen, that'd be amazing. It really would. But it's the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just without the risk. Yes. It's the same. I mean, look, right, if the French really wanted to stop people coming over here, the first thing you do is say, we're not having this Calais jungle anymore. Oh, yeah. Right? not having that no that stops right but the very fact that they have got the calais jungle means that just let people come over on a euro tunnel or on ferries they're not at risk they're not getting drowned they get processed the same way and either accepted or turned back right yeah it's as simple as that nobody needs to be paying thousands of euros and taking the risk of getting drowned. Yeah. No, in, in an ideal world, you're absolutely right. But, absolutely right. But we're look at the money we're spending on rescuing them, right? And the bad press it's giving. Right? None of them yeah. are being turned away. Not a single one of those boats is towed back to France. Right? No. No, of course not. So if you're just letting them in... Wouldn't you rather know, right? Yeah, I mean, you could literally have uh, a ferry service that, right, you're an asylum seeker. Okay, right. They arrive at port in the port. They go straight to an assessment centre, right? right? So there's no possibility of them hitting the beach and running for the hills, you know? Yeah. It's the only way to do it, really. It really is. 
So anyway, so that's that's a little beef there with that. Um, yeah. No, I feel sorry for every single one of them, and I hope that people can get to where they need to go, or you know, to come here to claim asylum safely. Essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, like if it was an ideal world where you know we could transport people safely, yeah, um, that would be ideal. But we can't at the moment for some reason. <laughs> so anyway. On another note, of course, normally we have a section called uh, Pick a Nazi in the podcast. We do. Uh, it's been a while since we did a podcast, and there's a very good reason for that, isn't there, Phil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is. Uh, me and my technological woes to start with. Christ. <laughs> well, we, we were actually um, most of the way through a podcast um, uh discussing uh, the likes of uh, Matt Hancock and Michael oh, yes. Gove and uh, who Dominic Cummings and Cummings, all you know, of the, and, yeah and then Phil's MacBook uh, actually shat its guts out and it did. Uh, so it's it's taken uh, taken a little while to save up for a new one because there was no saving that one right, no so it just been well it just died yeah it just died <laughs> so we decided uh, we'd we'd probably abandon that episode as we yeah can, can actually i think get it's something that we it. can come back to definitely yeah maybe 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 yeah just wait for some more developments uh, i mean and things are developing thick and fast of course uh oh, so so we've had a bit of a roundup rant here and yeah. uh, but what I, I i did want to bring up something that uh sparked my interest this week right. uh now this isn't second world war this is First World War. Oh, okay. And um, I, I don't know if you've read much about uh, Gallipoli or the Dardanelles. Not much, no. Uh, no, but it was a bloody disaster. Okay. So, uh, right. So the problem was that <laughs> uh, we decided we didn't want the Turks on our side. Right. right? So they kind of had no option other than to go in with the Germans. And, uh, of course, the Germans were uh, determined, if you like, to stop us then from being able to access all the places we used to access with our Royal Navy. Yeah. And, of course, the crossing point between Europe and Asia is the Dardanelles. Right? Yes which is a narrow strait. Yep. Now, you know, it's it's an ideal ambush point. Nobody in their right fucking mind would try and sail ships through there when you can be attacked from the land and the sea, of course, can be mined. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. There's, uh, there's submarines uh, yeah. and other warships, you know, and you're, you're going to sail into a pinch point. Yeah. Absolute fucking mental suicide stupidity. Whose idea was it? Winston Churchill. (laughs) Right? Marvellous. Now, he was a politician at the time. He wasn't uh, in the military. He was... uh, I've got to get this right. He was either something like First Sea Lord or Lord of the Admiralty or something Yeah, like yeah, I think, yeah, first sea lord, yeah. So it was, it's a political 
title. It's it not is. actually, you know, he, he wasn't commanding a, a battleship. No. Uh, he, um, he had put forward this idea of, you know, plowing through the Dardanelles on something like four occasions and the rest of the government cabinet had said, no, nah, bollocks, we're not doing it. And and he was a junior minister at the time, by the way. Right. You know, he wasn't some big wig. No. Now, um, this this interestingly was when the uh, the the term warlords was first coined. Oh, okay. The, the warlords were the cabinet, right? <laughs> None of them were military men. No. Uh, and they were making decisions in cabinet and then telling the military this is what we want you to do without involving the military of course right so the thing is they had rejected winston churchill's idea about you know steaming up the dardanelles four times apparently right but here is the problem we relied on the rest of the world basically for wheat yeah. and as uh, bread is the foodstuff of the common man and your soldiers etc you don't want to be without it well definitely not <laughs> now there were several places that we could get it from but the, the place we got most of it from at the time was russia and i believe hmm. romania right? that's surprising yes you'd think uh, america canada yeah right yeah. We also got wheat from Australia, right? <laughs> okay. But there, there were problems. Obviously, Russia was at war with Germany in the First World War. Yep. Um, so you couldn't just sort of... It was very difficult to nip into Russia to go and get wheat. Right? Uh, yeah. So um, that was out. Yeah. Uh, same with Romania. Uh, then you've got uh, the problem that in... Although in... In Canada and America, they had a quite a good wheat crop. Uh, all the lakes, the Great Lakes, had frozen solid, oh. and they couldn't sail any ships through them to transport the wheat. Oh. Right? So we couldn't get their wheat. Um, Australia had a, a, a drought, and right. only had a third of the crop they normally Ooh. would have had. Right? So we're in the shit. Right? Yeah. Uh, the other place we got a lot of our wheat from at the time was India. Right? Oh, okay. Now, of course, the Indians had, at that time had quite a good crop of wheat. Right. But what happens when wheat is in short supply? Push the price up. Yeah. Right? So you then, you know, our government is saying, well, there is a limit to what we want to pay on this wheat. Right. Um, and we're getting to that limit. It's economics, okay? Yeah, yeah. But we were buying the wheat from India and depriving the Indians of wheat. Oh. Right? And famously, uh, the Indians will just fucking riot, you know? Yes, yeah. Uh, Can't blame uh, them. <laughs> so the Indian government, uh, you know, like ringing ours up and saying, listen, you know, we've got people rioting on the streets here and, uh, you know, we can't do anything about it because normally we control 
the rioters with our Indian army, but they're fighting for you <laughs> in Europe. So um, that's it. We're not going to send you any more wheat, right? And they did. They they refused to let anybody else buy the wheat, oh. so they could, you know, control their own population. Yeah. So now we haven't got any wheat. So all of a sudden, the economists sitting down with the cabinet are saying, there's only one option now, really, that's viable. Mm. And that is what Winston said, <laughs> right? Plow through the Dardanelles. The Russians then can bring in their wheat through, you know, what's it, the Black Sea? Yeah. Right? And that's our wheat problem solved. Right. Right. So economists made the decision that we would go into the Dardanelles. Now, oh. Admiral, Admiral Fisher at the time said, all right, look, I can, I can plough through the Dardanelles. I'll probably lose half my fleet. Yeah. But I can get through. What do you want me to do when I get there? <laughs> you know, have you thought about that? Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, what, what, uh, what's the plan? Well, you've got to have troops on the ground. You know, yeah. We need support, right? So, hence Gallipoli, which was a fucking disaster. The Dardanelles, <laughs> fucking disaster, right? Who gets the blame? Winston Churchill, right? Of course. Your idea, Winston, right? <laughs> you fucking idiot, right? What does Winston Churchill do? Do you know? No. He resigned from the government and he went to France as an enlisted man. Oh, okay. Right? Now, he wasn't like a private, he wasn't private Winston Churchill, right? Of course because not. He's he had been, <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, he'd, he'd been in the Boer War. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. got captured by the Boers. He was, he was a, like a, a reporter, really. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, with the military, so. Yeah, war reporter. Yeah, war journalist. Yeah. So, I mean, in many ways, it was probably a good thing that he got a bit of frontline military experience as well in the First World War. Yeah. Uh, but here's the kicker, right? When they got through to the Dardanelles, the Dardanelles right, to get this wheat off the Russians, yeah. the Russians went, oh, bit of a problem, uh, it's all rotted in the fields. Uh, why? Why is it rotted in the fields? Uh, well, because our army has um, uh, grabbed all the vehicles that we had for the war effort. So everything, tractors, cars, you yeah. name it, they bloody grabbed hold of. Um, yeah. I forget what's, what's the official word for it now when they um, they sort of like take your vehicle off you for a war Common deer. Common deer. Yeah, is it comedy? No, um, there's another word for it, but you know, oh, okay. like when when I had all the little <clears throat> little boats going to Dunkirk and everything. But oh, you, yeah, yeah, you get my drift. I so, know. Yeah. yeah, so all the all the wheat rotted in the fields. Now, mm. luckily, the next year, um, America and Canada had absolutely bumper crops of wheat. Yeah, and all, all that was forgotten. But oh. you know. <laughs> We, or the other, see, the other problem that they had was that the Russians were saying, 
you know, you're going to have to sort of give us a hundred million pounds to keep us going for the next few months, right? Um, or we're, we're just going to have to sort of like come out of the war. Yeah. Right. Well, a hundred million pounds was um, one sixth of the British national debt. You know. <laughs> Uh, and and it was just we were like, oh, why do you need that much money? And you know, are you, are you going to give us the uh, the accounts at the end of it and oh, the breakdown? No, no. And no, <laughs> you know. So they felt that the Russians were actually taking the piss. Oh, of course. Uh, and and that that again is what forced this move to uh, to go up the Dardanelles and into Gallipoli. What year uh, did that happen? That was uh, was kind of nineteen fourteen fifteen. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right now, um, you know, I, I I've mentioned before that lovely girl from Turkey that I used to knock about with. Yeah. She she did tell me once that, um, and I think this is a particularly lovely thing, that in Gallipoli, all all the graves there, um, which are Turks and Brits and Australians and people from New Zealand. Yeah. You know, um, she said they're all regarded as our sons. She said mm. we treat them all as our sons and mourn them all equally. Mm. You know, and I thought oh, that was absolutely right. lovely. You know, because I don't think we do that. You know, <laughs> no, I mean we're supposed to, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh. I know we we do have like sort of like in in the in the cemetery in Bayer where my own grandfather is buried there are german graves there too oh and, yeah and they're all and it was quite shocking actually how they you can see they're all killed on the same day these germans you know and, yeah. and quite a lot of them but they're just sort of like to one side really you know yeah. and and not and although although they you know the the same guy that comes around cutting the grass and tending the graves for the brits does the same for the German graves. They're just not as prominent, you know. And yeah, yeah. and you never go there and sort of like uh, put flowers on their graves as well, you know. Whereas no, in Gallipoli they, they do do that for oh, all like that. graves. I like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there we are. That's uh, yeah. something I, like I learned that. this week. Yeah. yeah, that's quite. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So beware yeah. of economists. Yeah, all yeah. for the want of a sandwich. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Well, but also, you know, not having the foresight to solve that problem. They knew, you see, they knew that our wheat supply was our Achilles' heel, right? And they knew that long before the First World War. Yeah. But rather than do anything about it, they just waited for yeah. something to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and. And this is this is why we're very often fucked in this country, you yeah. know. And it, and it it comes full circle to this thing about how, oh, we'll all go over to electric cars, but hang on a minute, we don't have a manufacturing industry, uh, and we have to rely on China, yeah, who right now uh, are not really our best buddies. No, definitely right. not. So you know. <sighs> Beware of economists. Beware of economists, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
There we are. Well, I, I think that's quite a nice little roundup for for a, a comeback episode. I think so too. Uh, I think so. I, I think uh, next week we'll have to, uh, or next episode anyway, we'll have to come up with a Nazi. Uh, oh yes, definitely. To investigate. Yeah. Uh, there's a few on my list, and I expect there's a few on yours. There's a few. Yeah, I've got a few in mind. <laughs> yeah, and um, also uh, because we we do like multiple topics on this uh, podcast. Uh, possibly going to get in touch with somebody who uh, has experienced a rather scary UFO locally. Oh, yeah. And has had a lot of problems with the military ever since. Right. So uh, not, not your branch of the military, though. Oh no, not yeah. mine. Mine are useless. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the the armed variety, uh, the, the the army variety. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, very interesting story. Uh, woman is being absolutely hounded by people trying to shut her down. Wow. Uh, and that tends to suggest that uh, there's something going on there. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. All right, then, buddy, it's great to speak to you again. And, you too. Uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, not have any more technical difficulties. I think we're sorted for a while. Yeah. Uh, for anybody listening, thanks for tuning in again. And if there's anything that you know you might want to get in touch with us over, you can get us through our Facebook page or you can email us at uh, nogoareapod at gmail.com very nice yeah yeah all fancy stuff yeah and uh, hopefully we'll have a website up and running soon and yeah also um we should be getting our trial merchandise through soon oh looking uh, forward to that yes i just need to chase up our friendly printer yeah and uh you know so there we are we might even have some merchandise well oh, very nice see you next time See you next time. Bye.